Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF. Welcome to the show. This is my podcast. I'm sitting in my garage where I've done pretty much for 700 episodes. This is the 700th episode of WTF. I can't fucking believe it. Can you? It's pretty insane. It's like, I, you know, what's weird is that I think about the life of the show. I think about my life. I think about where it started and where it came from. I know there's plenty of other product out there, content, things that happen daily that, uh, you know, don't go celebrated necessarily like these landmarks and in my podcast, in my podcast history, in the history of the show of me, but, but it's pretty insane it's pretty unbelievable and I'm, an, I'm 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 pretty humbled and grateful by by all of it and today is a very special episode although the people who were on today's show had no idea it was a 700th episode this is the first sort of 100th marker that we didn't necessarily make a big deal out of because we we do the show we 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 like to do the show i'm talking we my producer and business partner, Brendan McDonald, who is equally as responsible for this show. Uh, we do it because it's it's something we love to do. It's it's become a, a, a beautiful job and, and, and it's become very important to many of you. So we didn't create a special show per se. What we did here today is I talked to two people. Uh, again, neither of them knew it was a 700th episode until I told them uh, my first guest on part one, there are two parts today. There are two separate podcasts, two parts. Uh, on this On this one, uh, part one is uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who I've been dying to talk to for a long time. I'm a huge fan of hers. I think she's hilarious. I was nervous about it because I, I think she's one of the greatest comic actors, period, uh, who has ever lived. And, and uh, I've always been sort of enchanted by her. And I didn't think she ever wanted to do the show. So so it was very exciting for me to talk to her. And uh, the second part, the second podcast, the second part of the 700th uh, WTF is uh, Louis C.K. Louis was in town. And I got to tell you, uh, he was just you know excited to finally talk about the process of creating and making Horace and Pete. 
which I watched all 10 episodes of. And uh, I got to say, it's a, it's really something. It's a real masterpiece. It's a real undertaking, a real creative. Uh, I, it's just mind blowing that he pulled it off and, and that he honored himself so beautifully and so precisely and so differently than usual. So that's part two that you will have to download separately. It's, a, it's another it's another podcast, but there are two parts of our 700th episode. But I, I think I need to catch you up on my life a little bit first, and then I'll and I'll and I'll share some more of my feelings. Uh, jury duty went down there. Uh, was ready to serve. It was a superior court. I was nervous, but I, I knew I had to go down there. And uh, I thought that, you know, I would try to get out of it and, you know, say that I have an anger problem or, you know, it's weird about jury duty is that when you get there and you go through the process and then you get chosen to be selected and you go into that courtroom, you, you, you're not so confident anymore. You, 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 it's tough being a bullshit artist. I imagine if you had to, uh, if you're a lawyer or a defendant that is trying to hide his guilt, I imagine the the survival instinct and the need to win would uh, make you a tremendous bullshit artist. But just as a guy that was there to do his civic duty and willing to do it, I realized that like I should do this, and I and I and I kind of wanted to do it. And I got into that courtroom, and the and this uh, the woman who was the judge. Um, you know, I was number, I was the third juror. They explained the case. It was a, it was a medical malpractice case. They asked if you served on a jury before I said, no, I, I went downtown a while back and I was not selected. And I got to be honest with you. I, I'm supposed to go to New York next week. You know, I, I'm doing the tonight show. It's important for my, my career. It's, uh, you know, I and, and I and I I'd like to do that, and and I know I've postponed before, and 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 I'd like to try to postpone again. And she said, "Well, I don't know if you can postpone again, but why don't you go downstairs and see if they can place you on another trial, a shorter trial?" And I'm like, "Okay, thank you, Your Honor." And they they let me go. Uh, you know, time served, jury served, uh, and I and I felt like I. You know, I, I felt like I weaseled out of something that I, I should do. And, and I, you know, look, I'm not I'm not telling every court in California that I'm, I'm openly available, but I, I will put put aside more time next time for the superior court. But I got out of it. So there's there's closure on that. For those of you who are thought thought it was some sort of cliffhanger. I was ready, but I did not get asked to serve. And quite honestly, I was relieved. And uh, and that's that. All right. OK, look. 700 episodes and why we didn't make a, a big deal out of it. it is a big deal it's a big deal to me but uh as i was saying before as far as you know our intentions for this show i i wanted all these conversations to be to be vital anytime you listen to them i i went out of my way to not tether them to current events or to talk about current events uh some of you may think i'm self-indulgent but but it was my decision to to deal with my the parameters of my life and my feelings and my emotions and where I am in the world, primarily to have that as part of the narrative of the show, but also to sort of make these shows available and, and relevant at any time that you listen to them. And I'm very proud of the fact that Brendan and I were able to put together 700 episodes, 700 unique episodes, some of them live, some of them not done here in the garage, that, that will really... They, they work as they're, they're not time capsules. They're not dated. They may be time capsules in the sense of of people's careers. Many of the people that I've talked to have gone on to bigger things. Many of them have passed away, sadly. Uh, some of them have have gone on to different lives. But these these episodes are portraits in time. 
and uh, and that was always the intention. So, like, let's say you get the Howl.fm. If you go to Howl.fm and get that app for the archives, you can really dip into anywhere you want and pick these uh, episodes with people that interest you and, and you know, see them at that point in their career and, and most of the time get a good sense of who they are emotionally and, and, and when who they are as people. And I, I have a profound interest in that. I, I can't begin to tell you how important it is for me to have these conversations, even 700 in. Like, if I don't have a talk in here uh, a couple of weeks, you know, I get squirrely. I, I don't know, you know, who I am in the world or where I stand. I need, it, it helps me to, to be selfless and, and, and also to, to be there for somebody else. I'm not always great at that in my real life, but here in the garage, uh, you know, I, I, I open myself up and I make myself available uh, for somebody else. And, and, I, and I really listen and, and get moved by their stories, no matter you know, where they go or what happens. And I don't always know where they're going to go. Most of the time I don't, and I don't know what's going to happen. So it's always thrilling for me. You know, what I, what I want to say is, is, is thank you. Because I had no idea really what where this would go or where it would lead. And the fact that these conversations I have with people in this garage have found a place in your lives and mean something that I could never have imagined to your life, whatever it may be, however you engage with this show, whatever your expectations are, the amount of... Uh, feedback i get from you about you know how it makes you feel or or what problems it brought up uh, in you and, and and helped you with resolution or feeling less alone or 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 whatever it is however you're comforted or entertained by this i had no idea that that would happen i had no idea that this show would have the life it's had and and really in terms of of this landmark of 700 episodes and, and these two guests specifically, who are some of the greatest comedy stars that, that this country has produced, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Louis C.K., uh, that was a coincidence. I, I, didn't even, I really didn't anticipate the Louis talk to, be, to begin with. But, but the fact that, you know, th this, is a, this is a landmark in me having these conversations. We just wanted to do what we do. I told them both that it was a 700th episode, but I didn't, they didn't know they were coming into it. So, but I thought I should let them know. So, so I, I hope you enjoy our two-parter here. And, and again, thank you for listening. Uh, I am genuinely not only grateful, but proud of this show and proud that we, we pulled it together out of, of nothing but, but the desire to have these conversations and the will to do them consistently and evolve as, uh, as people. Who am I talking to? All of us. Who am I talking about? All of us. I don't know. Too much coffee. All right. If you don't watch Veep, it's uh, the new season uh, starts uh, uh, this Sunday night. Um, if you do watch it, I'm sure you're very excited. If you don't, you should catch up. This is um, me and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of 
grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. And I met you briefly. Uh, I auditioned for Veep at the beginning. You did? I did. <laughs> you, you don't have to remember me. Well, no, I don't know. It was like, I don't remember exactly what guy, if it was one of the regular guys, or it was right at the beginning. It was for the, you know, the first. Oh. Like that far back. Oh. Because you're on season five? Yeah. So it was at the beginning, and but you were there. And, uh, you know, the creator was there. What's his name again? Armando. Well? Yeah, he, they were all there. And it was uh, just a couple of lines. And I, I thought I'd offended you somehow. I made a, a joke, uh, and I and I didn't know if it landed correctly. Well, let's just say I don't remember. That's fine. So that, is well, that good news? Sure, it's good news. <laughs> what was the joke? Do you remember? Well, I remember like the 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 tone of it had you know was obviously politically charged. And I made a joke sarcastically that, if taken not sarcastically, would have meant that I was you know like some sort An of right wing idiot. Oh, I'm sure I knew it was a joke. Yeah, I would I would think. You know, but there was a beat there, right? Like, you know when you only have like two seconds no, in those rooms? In fact, as you you're want... telling me this, it's making me anxious. <laughs> Where you walk out, like you, you literally in there 49 seconds. Yeah. And for a week, you're like, oh, it's just fucked up that she thinks I'm a, oh my God. But I'm, I'm no, I'm grown up enough to know that you didn't register it at all. I didn't register. And I'm register. happy you don't remember me at all. It makes me very excited. <laughs> <laughs> It's one of the rare times where that I was, was going to say that may be the first time in all of Hollywood history that yeah. an actor has said that. So what you just you were out doing things? You were just came. I was just a, a mix actually for Veep. So when when does the new season start? I think we're going to we're putting this up the day or right there. Oh really? You're it, you're the seven hundredth episode. It, okay. does, it may not mean anything to you, but it's no, a, that is actually very significant. <laughs> Why don't we have party hats? I know. Well, it, 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 well, I, I'm serious. We should be celebrating. Yeah, seven hundred. Yeah, this is you're 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 the celebratory guest. I, I didn't know if I was going to tell you, but I think you should know that you're. There's no pressure. Oh, like, I don't I, feel any pressure. Oh, good. Yeah. God, I got 700. That's a lot of fucking talking. I know. Isn't it crazy? Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been in here. A lot of people have sat there. That's incredible. Well, you're the first person from, uh, actually, I think from, uh, yeah, I've not talked to Jerry. I've not talked to Jason. I've not talked to Larry. I haven't talked to any of them. You're huh. the only Seinfeld person. Well, you need to rectify that, I guess. I don't know how to get hold of those guys. I don't Just think... have your people call somebody. Yeah, but they don't... I don't know. They don't I, do anything. I, I could probably get Jason, you, you know, but I, I don't think I don't think Jerry and Larry have any interest in doing but, my show. But look at you. You're already saying no to yourself. You haven't even tried. Uh, you're right. Thank you. See, this is why this is the 700th episode. I'm learning. I'm going to be proactive. Hey, how does a podcast work? <laughs> how do you make money from this? Do you? <laughs> yeah, we do now. That's awesome. Yeah, it works like a lot, like uh, like all the people that used to advertise on radio realize that radio is not really functioning anymore. So there, we have advertisers. Uh, we now are part of uh, like the archive. Only the most recent fifty are available for free 
for six, you know, six months, every episode's free. And then it goes behind a sort of a, an app wall that people subscribe to. And, but mostly advertising, but you know, this, it, you know, this, these episodes get like 500,000 to a million downloads. That's extraordinary. So, you know, people listen. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, so great. My kids listen to podcasts now. How old are the kids? 18 and 23. Well, they're big. Yeah. And so, but it's funny because it's almost like a throwback to old timey radio. Sure. Yeah. And uh, they're telling me what podcasts to listen to. And et cetera, Oh, did I make the list or no? Yeah, you did. Oh, good. <laughs> but anyway, that's why I'm here because my I, kids it, told it, me it was is it cool. true? Yeah. Because I, I, I wanted to interview you before. Or I talk to you. It's not really an interview. I don't. I don't even have a sheet. I left it in the house. Do you want to go get it? No. All right. I, I don't think I do want to go get it because, like, I, uh, you know, you're like one of the funniest people alive. Nah. No, I. You, I really believe that. I don't. I say appreciate that, that but I do I, not say that lightly. Okay. Why? What is this? It's a rock. Why is it here? Is it petrified something? You know what that is actually from? Have you ever been to Kauai? Yeah. Oh, I see. It's volcanic rock. No, it's not. It's from that weird shitty beach in Kauai where they, you know, I think it's called like a glass beach where you go and all the sand is glass, you know, from garbage. And there's these old rotted um, uh, leftover ship parts and motor parts. And this is like some weird old piece of steel that that I probably shouldn't have stole. Not an exciting backstory, but you've been to Kauai. You like it there? Eh, It's okay. Yeah. For what? I know if you stay longer than eight days, it's a problem. It's all fine. Yeah. Does, it's all fine, you do, know. Do do you like to go anywhere? Yeah, I do. I like to go to. Where do I like to go? Is there a place you repeat? Like you go back to? Like oh, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to go to that thing, that place. You know, it's so funny that you're asking me this now because I'm trying to think of what do I just love, and I'm having trouble remembering. But I know I love Santa Barbara, California. That's close. Yeah, that's not even like really an escape. No, it's not an escape. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. I like doing uh, the the most sort of happy adventures I've had are ones where we just really escape from yeah. and get into the natural world. Like yeah, yeah. Galapagos, for instance, I've been Did you there go? twice. Yeah, I went twice. My mother went. She's it changed her life. It's she's... it's quite life changing, and Good. it's so otherworldly i i love him we went to the grand canyon recently amazing too people underestimate that oh my god it's just glorious and we went river rafting in chile once that was also great you know those kinds of trips which are not particularly cushy although i love a good hotel yeah like i love but but i love those other particularly with our boys you know it's fun to have sort of these adventure things that we're all taken away and and you'll never forget them yeah, really. Yeah, I can't sit on a beach. I got to move. That's why Kauai's okay. You can go hiking and stuff. But right, like if I, see. I, but like any vacation for me after eight days, it's sort of like you're gonna fuck it up because like if you stay nine, you're like Ugh, we got to eat at that place again, and then by the if you stay ten, you're like Ugh, we shouldn't have come here. You need to be exploring or doing something. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm not a lie around person. I can do that for two days maybe if I have a good book or yeah podcast to listen to yes i'm so <laughs> glad that your kids compelled you but i, I seriously do think you're uh, hilarious Thanks why do you so not lot. think you're why do you not take that I, well I, I, no I, I don't mean to be a uh, uh, impolite or anything no, it's I, not I, I mean, thank I you very much i don't know you know i don't I, because i won't live up to your expectation that's why i'm not expecting you to be funny good because it's not going to happen i I'm good I'd, I'd, I'd be happy if we both ended crying. That, that would be at least something. <laughs> it would be interesting. It'd be good. People what, have you cried. were about to tell me your people cried here? Oh, no, people have cried here. Uh-huh. But not a lot. Right. 
like I feel it happening. I just sit here and and, and I go like that to the Kleenex. Yeah, yeah, like you're at the therapist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you need? But they usually hand it to you, right? Or maybe yeah, or it's behind right your head. No, I had Will Ferrell in here, and and uh, and he is uh, decidedly not turned on when he's in an interview. What What's odd about the you know Will right? Not well. Not well. Uh-uh. He's very funny, mm-hmm. don't you think? Hilarious. Right. Like really, like naturally. Like, like just you look at him and you laugh. Exactly. It's an incredible gift. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he's sitting. Isn't there. that amazing that some people have? Yeah. That thing where you know. You're going to laugh. You know it. And yeah. you're just on the edge of your seat waiting. And it's a very, it's a it's, it's, rare. A, it's a rare thing. I get that with Kevin James too, oddly. Oh, do you? Yeah. Like like when he does stand up and he's just standing there. Oh, I haven't seen him do well, stand up. Well, like he just, there's a discomfort to it all that like he just kind of has to, yeah. you know, like his whole body needs to be funny at all times. Yeah. But yeah, but Will is there and, he, and I knew that he had a history of not, you know, he'll just talk. He's not going to turn it on. Yeah. But but it's weird when that happens. You're just sitting there and part of you is sort of like, wait, you know, like I know I'm gonna laugh in a second, you yeah. know, and it's just not coming. And then when he just gives you the littlest like you voice, die. or you just die, you just, die, yeah, crazy. It must be irritating to him. Well, I, 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 I think he gets off on it. Yeah, I, I, he must get off. He's on got it. What control. Am I talking about? But you work with very funny people on Veep. See, that's your thing, though. Yeah, I mean, you, you work with funny people, and you're a hilarious, you know, comic actor. It must be exciting to do this show. It's a dream. I mean, those guys are hilarious. All of them. Oh, yes, they are. It is a... <laughs> I'm glad you didn't cast me. I wasn't right. Oh. I wasn't funny enough. It's true. Like, how does it, how's the experience compare? Like, we'll go back in a second. But in, in terms of, like, what Seinfeld was, which is, you know, the, the, the scripts and the sets, I mean, what's the difference in the experience of this? Aside from you're the lead and the president and you're dealing with Washington and the different... It's completely different, I imagine. Well, it's very different, but... Fundamentally, I'm going to say it's similar. Yeah? Yeah, because um, it, it's a very, very funny group of people yeah. um, who like to play yeah. and work it as an ensemble. Right, right. And so we're all we're trying to do is get to the funniest thing we can get to as a group. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in that sense, it's similar. Yeah. Um, but, of course... Totally, it's completely different. Yeah, but we, but it is, it does have that fundamental similarity, which I think is um, imperative to be in place. And what's it? What's the key to it, though? Like when you were, like you, I, like I know Walsh, Matt Walsh. You got to have. Him I've had on. him on. Oh, you yeah. years ago. Years dream. ago, I love him. I love. love. Him. Yeah, I mean, I knew them when they started in New York. Yes, but they're like, how do you orchestrate such a large cast at times? You know, to to sort of find funny because there's a lot of physical comedy. There's the script, but there's also movement in there. I mean, how much do you improvise or do you run just run it over and over again before? Because you, you're we 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 improvise and we run it. I mean, there it's just a fucking soup of all of it right and it's a mess and it's somewhat chaotic and the hours are excruciating and it's very hard work but rewarding ultimately rewarding but sometimes you feel as if you are going to die from it really yes I'm not kidding I don't think people realize that I know I probably shouldn't be saying that because it doesn't sell it particularly well no people love the show it's a funny show it's not going to undersell it but I've I've been sort of hung up about like because I think a lot of people who are just watching us work they don't they don't really take in mind that like it's it's hard work it's hard work yeah (laughs) Yeah. I mean we're not uh, you know don't just show up and do your play 
And, right. And then everyone claps and you go home. It you know, you're not you're not curing cancer, but it feels like it when you're doing it. Right. That's like what what, what would make it an excruciating day? Like because you you're sort of like you, you feel like you're going to die. Just like Well, long. I mean if a scene isn't working and it's taking longer to get and yeah. you're trying to figuring it out on figure it out on the uh, in the moment. Is that usually a, a comedy issue when a scene isn't working? Or uh, it's how do either you feel? that is the most difficult challenge, the right. comedy. If yeah. a scene's not working because I mean, there are millions of reasons a scene doesn't sure. work. The you know the the camera isn't in the right place right. or it doesn't make plausible sense. That's the other thing is that we're trying constantly to sort of thread that needle of... Like, oh, what happened with this guy two episodes ago? Is this going to add up? Or, or do you buy this? Right. Is the reality of this circumstance at this place in this moment, uh, d- d- do we feel as if we vetted this enough so that you would actually buy that this might happen? Because you're the president. You have to have... Yeah. You know. I mean, and of course, there is, you know, there's a... You know, um, what's the word? Uh, an, an element of suspension of disbelief, but beyond, but but not too much. We right. try very hard. In fact, right. we have a lot of consultants who work on the show who are in, uh, yeah, the business of politics. Who who like read who? our scripts? Um, That's exciting. Like um, Eric Lesser, uh, who worked with the president and. Which president? Uh, uh, this sorry, one? Obama. Yes, yeah. the current one. Anita McBride, who worked with the Bushes uh-huh. and her husband. Uh, uh, who else do we have? We have a lot. Tammy Haddad. And the, so these they're, they're all honest consultants. Yeah, just Washington insiders. People yes. have done them, and and they're on set, or are they just there uh, they, the... sometimes they stop by set, but ultimately we send them scripts. And do they? And what are their notes like? This would never happen. Yeah. Uh, or if you want to do this, you have to have this in place. Or no, Secret Service uh, would be with her at this point. Or oh, really? Uh, Just, yes. So you want that authenticity? You have to have it. Oh yeah. And what's the reaction from Washington people to the show? Pretty positive. <laughs> yeah. They all think it's about the other person. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. I knew that guy. I yeah. know who that's based exactly. on. Exactly. Which makes me happy. That's good. Uh, yeah. And when you, how were you brought into it originally? Like Armando Iannucci did the, uh, what was it called? The Loop in the, what was Yeah, it? he did. Well, he did a series called The Thick of It in the UK, right. which is uh, an incredibly fabulous series. I had, hadn't seen that, but I had seen In the Loop. Yeah, me too, right. This My my agent told me it was being developed at, um, at HBO, this unhappy vice president. I was like, ooh, yeah, I got to get on that action. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you hear a, a, a female unhappy vice president. What more do you need to know? Yeah. I mean, that sounds like very ripe yeah. for, for comedy. Minding. And it was hilarious right from the get-go. Yeah, it's fun. I, You know, I don't know. Like, I, I think that you've done a, 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 an amazing thing in that um, a lot of people don't really survive a hit sitcom career-wise, you know, in the sense that yeah. you're so identified. Yeah, it's tricky. Right? Yeah, it's true. And were you conscious of that? Yeah, but I didn't dwell on it. Uh-huh. Because uh, New Adventures was great in the movie stuff. You were in I liked it. I yeah. thought it was funny. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know how to read your look. I don't know if that was No, was no, okay. no, 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 no. It was good. No, no, no. I, I actually have a lot of love for that show. No kidding. I really do. And uh and what oh you were in uh, Deconstructing Harry. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was that not a good experience? Well, you know? it was yeah, no, it was it was funny. It was, here's the thing. 
years and years ago, uh, I was in, I, I had was hired, this is back when I was on SNL, so it had to have been like 84, uh-huh. right? And uh, Woody was making Hannah and her sisters. You were in that, yeah. I don't remember. I was, you don't remember it because I was like, I was actually quite literally an extra, except an extra with one line. You know what Where I mean? Where was it? At a party? Or? No, it was at, at the beginning of the movie when he was running some comedy show and I was a PA or something walking oh, oh. alongside him. And okay. I'm, I look like oh, right, 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 Madonna. Like, it was like an SNL style show, correct. right? And they were yeah. dealing with the Belushi character or a character who was on drugs and they were coming into this back room. It's like, he's all fucked up again or something like that. Something like right. that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But anyway, so I was, and so I got cast, Ju- Juliet Taylor was the casting director and I got cast in this. I was so Oh, excited! You you know, I mean, I'm like what twenty four, twenty five? No, not even. I was twenty. I was, I was probably twenty two. Okay. So I get cast, go tiny little part. I was so terrified to be in the scene with him. Let's see, I make this as short as possible. No, I, take your time. We I, got time. So we have this scene in which he's he thinks he's got a brain tumor, right? And so in the scene, he as as the actor says. Wait a minute! Stop! Does anybody hear that? Yeah, because he's hearing a noise. Right, the in his ringing. Head. Yeah, and so, but you know, remember he's also directing the movie, right? Okay, okay. and I was in this scene. Yeah, and I was supposed to cross behind him or in front of him. I can't remember which. As he's saying that yeah. line, right? So we're rolling camera. He goes, "Wait a minute! Stop!" And I stopped because I thought he was talking to me to stop yeah. but it was the line in the scene <laughs> right okay yeah keep in mind I'm like a low a kid a, and yeah, a, okay and, and just a, low on the totem yeah. pole <laughs> right right so I got oh my god I'm so sorry I'm so you know as and so so then we do it again and we do it and so roll camera okay action go la 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 does anybody hear this wait a minute it's, I hear it ringing stop and I I did it again. You did it again. I did it twice. What'd you say? Did you, you, I, I was I go, oh my God. Oh, I can't believe I just did it again. I was <laughs> overcome with nerves, right? right? And so then he made a joke at my expense, you uh-huh. know, like yeah. I can't remember what it was, except yeah. that I was incredibly humiliated and tried to act as if I wasn't. Right. Okay. So that was that experience. It, yeah. Suffice it to say, it did not go particularly well. Right. So years later, yeah. uh, I get a call that he's doing this movie and he would love me to be in it. And and I think I even talked to him and he said, I'm going to send you the pages and, you know, really, if you want to do it, great. And we'd love to have you. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. This is this is now, you know, uh, middle of doing Seinfeld or even towards the end. And, um, and so I remember I was with my husband, Brad, and the pages came in and he said, would well, you think you're going to do it? And I said, what do you mean? Do I think I'm going to do it? Of course, it's a Woody Allen movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, what, what, you know, unless he's got me blowing him or something, of course I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. And half of the scene was a blowjob scene. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And so anyway, I did it anyway. It was funny. I didn't think it was that funny. What, the scene or the movie? The movie's funny, but the scene wasn't that funny. And we, and the other thing is, is that. Why? What, why? I mean, because I, you know, like it was uncomfortable. It was weird, but the way it was loaded up that, you know, you were the I, sister. I thought and... it was too much. I, okay. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah. For me, anyway. <laughs> for, for your taste? Yeah. The blowjob I, I can't watch it. I can't watch it. And the other thing is we had to reshoot it. So, and by the way, I got, I in fact was just barely pregnant at the time. Uh-huh. So when I came back to reshoot it, yeah. seven months later, I was a house. Right. <laughs> 
So they had to find the same wardrobe in an extra large and like shoot me, you know, neck up. Yeah, if you were pregnant, it would have been a much darker joke, wouldn't it? Possibly funnier. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably true. Yeah. So I talked to a lot of SNL people here. Yeah. But where'd you grow up? I was born in New York and then I moved to Washington when I was like eight. Really? Was yeah. your mom in politics? No. My my I live with my mom and my stepfather. My stepfather uh uh was a doctor and yeah. was working uh he worked at GW and he was the dean of the med school there and stuff like that. Well, that's a good school, right? Oh yeah. So he what kind of doctor was he? He was originally a thoracic surgeon. Oh really? Uh huh. I grew up with a doctor as a father. It's good when you don't feel well. You know, what kind of doctor was orthopedic he? Orthopedic surgeon. Oh. Yeah, he's a you know, saws and drills and stuff. Of course. <laughs> yeah. But it was always- Where, in New York? I grew up in New Mexico. Uh-huh. He's from Jersey, though. He's Jersey people. Uh-huh. This is fascinating. You grew up in New Mexico. How is it you have this accent that you have? Do I have an accent? I feel as if it's a New York accent. Well, people think it's Jersey. Maybe Jersey's still left in there somewhere. Both my parents are from Jersey. Oh, I mean, that's what it is. I you don't picked th- up their, their voice. Yeah, probably. I, yeah. I don't think there's a New Mexico accent. I, if there is one, we haven't heard it yet. Okay. Well, let me know if you do, and I'll try to hold on to that. Maybe I'm... <laughs> All of a sudden, you start talking in a twang. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if... It, it's weird, because it's not really Texas, not the South. I don't know. It's a, I don't know if there's an accent there. So where was your regular dad? Uh, in New York. Yeah? Yes. Did you have a, a back and forth yeah. kind yeah, of thing? I did a back and forth thing. Oh. Was that good? Bad? What do you think? Terrible. Yeah, not easy. I, I'm the only child of my parents' marriage, so I have two sisters on my mother's side and yeah. two sisters on my father's side. Oh, half sisters. Correct. Wow, that's like a lot. Do you have relationships with all of them? Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's okay. nice actually. I, I like having all those sisters. That's very nice. But the going back and forth between families not 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 ideal. Yeah, I didn't. My parents got divorced when I was in my thirties, and it wasn't as tricky. <laughs> did you see that coming? Yes, yeah, of kind of. I mean, I you know, I I don't know. You, when you yeah. were in your thirties, that's unbelievable. How long had they been married? Well, they they've been married like as long, that shortly after you know, not much longer. I'm the oldest, and they had me a couple years in, so just over that. Wow. Yeah, no, it was a big explosion of uh, of emotion and weirdness, and you know, I, I guess I saw it coming. It's hard to you don't have as much invested in it, but you, it wasn't surprising necessarily. You right. Know, once, uh, once everything became revealed, it was like, right. "Holy shit! I didn't even know these people." <laughs> wow. Did you ever have that experience with your parents? Like, what are you? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like recently, it sounds like <laughs> last week. So, so growing up, what what were you doing? I was just a girl going to school. I always wanted to act. I mean, I don't know how you felt, but I always felt like I really wanted to do it. Kids want to do something. That's one of the things. They want that was to do. the only thing that was interesting to me. Do you know why it was interesting to you? Did you like movie stars? Were there certain people that you were like, oh, this, I want to do that? I wanted to grow up. Uh-huh. I was, I was eager to grow up. Were you was, like ahead of your growing up thing? Were you one of those kids who was sort of like already acting grown up? And, I tried to act grown up. Yeah, how'd that go? Well, not when I was very little, I remember noticing that uh, big that when you got your big teeth in, yeah, they hung, hang down a little lower more. than your lip, yeah. And I was desperate to get my big teeth, 
And I vividly remember very frequently walking down the streets of New York with my mom, lifting up my lip like this, <laughs> and thinking I was fooling people to thinking that I had my big teeth. People were just like, "What's wrong with that kid?" Right, but I, in my mind, they were thinking, "Oh, that's a gr- that that kid's got her big teeth. She's getting old." I swear to you, I was dying to grow up. Did your mom say, "Stop it"? She didn't notice. She was not. She. Did, this was something I did in my own little head. Uh, and it's also know, but, New York, and it's also hip and cool. And you're, you're yeah. probably going to swanky places. I don't know if they were swanky, right? You know, but all New York felt swanky then because we're about the same age. And like New York, when like when I was like thirteen or fourteen, when it was just starting to get cool again. Yeah, it was so exciting to be there. I love. I, I really love it. I have a. a I mean, when I was really little living there, I don't know how swanky it was, but it was, you know. It was kind of gnarly in the 70s, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I was born in 61, so I was, you know, I guess I shouldn't, who gives a fuck? Anyway, whatever. And so, uh, so living, you know, I was in the city and they had the, we had the blackout and I love, I love riding buses. Yeah. I just love it. Do you still love it? I do actually love getting on a public bus. But New York, do you love New York still? Yeah. I wish it wasn't so uh, expensive and I don't know who lives there. Crowded, very rich people. It's weird, man. You just need so much money. But also, like the whole flavor of the city, it's like not what it used to be. Like I lived on the Lower East Side for a couple years, and then around Third and Sixteenth for a couple years, and it was in the you know mid eighties even. And now you go the Lower East Side, it's like there's no like grit or menace or like sense that like all kinds of people live in new york anymore it's just, it looks it feels like a vacation like like europeans are using it as a vacation island i because i think it is yeah so like what the about whole, central park can we even talk about that what happened it's glorious it's oh it's good and now. when we well i yeah. mean you could not cross central park past right what because three you, o'clock in the afternoon you would get hurt yeah yeah you didn't know who was hiding yeah yeah it, there were people hiding really functions as a as a reprieve now mm. i read some big i read a book about central park once and the whole idea of it and it kind of changed my life really well yeah in what they, sense well you had these these new cities when new york was growing there was this idea that you know a lot of people were moving from the country so they had to bring some element of that to balance the city so it was actually built for a purpose to have that that sort of pastoral reprieve that functioned in in light of of city life. Let me tell you something. That's so goddamn genius, and I wish they'd done it here, right? In Los Angeles, it's genius. The Japanese call it forest bathing. Oh, they do. Mm-hmm. And that and it's important. It's really important. It it is important for the um, emotional, mental health. Yeah, I th- I agree with you. So what happens? So you you graduate college. No, because I got, I mean, I went to Northwestern. Um, you got your teeth. My big teeth came yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah. My big teeth came in, and then I went to Northwestern. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then I got hired to do Saturday Night Live when, after my junior year in college. So I but, came to New York. So I didn't, in fact, actually graduate. But I very happily got a an honorary uh, degree. Later? Later. They which gave I, it to you? Oh, they gave it to me, and I fucking framed that thing, and it's up. Yeah, you deserved it. You did enough work. <laughs> I don't know if I deserved it, but what let's just an, say I framed it. What was it an honorary degree in? I don't, I don't can't remember. I'm not that smart. 
You okay in the chair? What's no, going on? I'm trying to get comfortable. This I'm bucket, sorry. This cushion is driving me nuts. Would well, you want to take it off? No, it's fine. This is the first time that's happened in 700 episodes. We'll see. That people just... just that's part of the celebration. <laughs> you're you're going to fidget angrily? Yeah, throughout exactly. The, I, now, now I'm going to... I'll get a new chair. You, you might can. want to think about it. I'm go okay. I will. You know who didn't complain? The president. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask the you when he came. The president didn't complain about the chair. He has better manners than I. Uh huh. He when he came, did they yeah. sh- they had to shut down this whole goddamn neighborhood? Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, they had to clear it of cars. You know, no one could park around here for. Were day your or neighbors two. pissed? No. Yeah, everyone was excited. The one neighbors that were uncomfortable, they were like, "We're getting out of here." Oh really? I thought they they thought it was going to be you know a, a, a drone target. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know what to you know what was going to happen, but um, but no, we asked him if we could put snipers up there, and you know, and he was good, and it was all yeah, it was a very exciting day that I talk about a lot. I think people are now listening to my podcast, thinking like, how long before he mentions the president? Well, just cut this out then. Do you edit these things? Sure. All right. But we're not going to edit the chair business. That stays. <laughs> Make so, me look like an asshole. No, you're no. I, I like you. The um, all right. So wait. So you just how how did how does SNL see you? What are you doing? Are you doing? Are you I'm doing, doing stage a show? Work? I was doing a stage. Yes. What did you go to school for? Theater. Okay. And so uh, and I and but while I was there, I also did work outside of of school, and I did Second City f- for a while, and I also were you in the cast? I was in the touring company. You were in the touring company. Yeah. For what a summer? I don't. Uh, during my during my junior year, actually, I did that while I was going to school. On weekends, or it must have been. Re- uh oh, is a drone coming? No, but that looked like a big helicopter, like a president helicopter. Is he in town today? Maybe he's coming back over. Maybe did you tell him you were going to be here? <laughs> what day is it? It's Tuesday. He might be in town. Really? Yeah, because I I th- he's coming to town this week because I know there's a fundraiser. Huh. Because that, that wasn't a police helicopter. That was a big helicopter. Wouldn't it be amazing if he just walked in here It'd right now? It'd be hilarious. Oh, my God. It would be the best podcast. It would. It would be amazing. I just <laughs> let you guys talk. Have you met him? Of uh-huh. course. Does he watch Veep? I think he does a little bit. Or yeah. he sees pieces of it. Where'd you meet him? At a, I've par- met at him a house? I've met him a couple of times. I met him at the White House, and I met him at... Uh, I met him at a fundraiser before he was even the nominee. It was uh, back in 2000. When he was a senator? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what did you feel then? Did you feel like, oh, this guy. This guy's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And by the way, he's like, he's my age, so. Yeah, this- a contemporary. Wild, right? Right? Yeah. Like the president's just this guy. He's a couple years older than me. He went to college down the street. I know it. Yeah. He That's talked what- to me. He's like, I can't believe I'm back in this neighborhood. Yeah, it's a great neighborhood. Yeah, I like it. So, all right. So, the touring company. Who was in the touring company with you? I can't remember, but we did the. Tu- I did the touring company, but uh, you know, for a little, for a while, and but more importantly, I was in this uh, with. I was with this other company called the Practical Theater Company that was started by some college buddies of mine, including my uh, now husband. Then you knew him that long. Yeah. Uh, Brad Hall and it was called Practical Theater Company and we had this big hit show in Chicago and it was I mean and it really was a big hit People, what was it? it was called the Practical Theater Company's Golden 50th Anniversary Jubilee mm-hmm. and um, which is Sketch a big show? yeah and so on um, We'd gotten rave reviews, and all these people were coming to see it. Blah 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 blah. And this is over the summer, and 
unbeknownst to us, one night there were producers of SNL were in the audience watching the show. Good. It's lucky you didn't know. Yeah, I know. And so, and they came backstage and they offered us jobs on the show. Who? You and Brad? Me and Brad and Gary Kroger and Paul Barras. Uh, they offered him a job as a writer on the show. Gary Kroger, what happened to that guy? Uh, he's in Iowa now, and uh-huh. he does. He's actually running for Congress. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. And um, for the good team. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't finish school, and you told them like I got to go be on SNL. And that, were you a fan of SNL at that point? Did you like? You know, I wasn't really at that moment. I yeah. wasn't really watching it. Right. But I had been because you know when SNL started, I was in junior high and right. high school when it actually began. Right, like in the seventies. Yeah. And so it was great. It was. Uh, it was like. It was the show for my generation. Yeah, and you had to stay up. To stay watch up, it, stay right? Home. Or put in a tape to right, VCR it to tape it. Figure that out, you, but you couldn't, so you <laughs> yeah, stayed up. And right. anyway, you were yeah. you were fifteen, so staying up till one great. o'clock in the morning was like, who cares? And your parents would let you. I remember I had to watch it where in my parents' door was shut, and I couldn't turn it up too loud, so I wouldn't wake them up. Yeah, and watch SNL. Oh God, it was unbelievable, right? Uh, and they spoke to us, and it was so irreverent. It was, and there's nothing like it on television, don't you think? Yeah, just Chevy and John. You, oh. You'd lock into your people. Like, you know, who was you? Right. Who'd you like? Oh, I like Jane. Yeah? She was I, great. She was amazing. So funny. Yeah. And Gilda. And Gilda. Yeah. And Bill Murray. Yeah, he was a little later, but great. But great. Oh, my God. So funny. It was an amazing show. Do you know Bill Murray? I do know him. I've met him a couple times. We did a play reading long ago. How was actually. that? Do you, do you still get that thing when you meet these people where you're like, oh, it's a, a fan thing? Do you, or do you With know? Bill, I. You know, it's funny. I feel kinship with him. So in, in a way like As an I alum? did. Perhaps, but also just sort of I, uh, when we did this reading, I'm telling you, it was years ago. Uh, actually, it was an Arthur Miller play. Arthur Miller was uh, still alive. I don't. I wonder what that was. It like I a new say, one? Yes. I mm. want to say it was called Resurrection. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Bill and Nathan Lane and I did a reading. Yeah. I think they wanted to have it read for backers or something. Uh-huh. And anyway, it was a very exciting thing to do. Yeah. The play was not great. But Arthur Miller was there. But Arthur Miller was there. Yeah. And so we got to do that and work on it for, you know, 48 hours. That was really fun. Uh-huh. But um, I don't know. How do I go on that tangent? But anyway. We were just talking about the first SNL. So you were a fan when you were in junior high, but you hadn't been watching. Yeah. And it was a different regime running the show because Lauren was not there. You were in that weird window. You're the only person I've talked to, I think, that like, because I, you know, I got obsessed with Lauren Michaels because I had a, a failed audition with him. Oh. And it, like, it was the theme of this podcast for about 600 and some odd episodes. And then I got to interview Lauren. Like, I went to his office and got closure. How did that work? Can you explain to me the closure? <laughs> you could listen to it. No, just tell me really quick. Well, I had, you know, my experience of what he did and that when I met with him, like they'd come to see me at a comedy club and then they had me do a screen test in the studio and then I met with Lauren and uh, I thought I blew it for very peculiar reasons and I thought his intentions were, were, were different than what they turned out to be. Like I was involved with alternative comedy at that time downtown and I, you know, he said, you know, um, the best part of the interview was really... Like I got paranoid that I took a candy and that was part of a test and like I was a little high, so uh, so what what he said like there was an article on the comedy thing I was involved with in the New York Times you know about alternative comedy on Lower East Side, 
And when I got into see Lauren, he goes, uh, you know, I don't know what you think you're doing below 14th Street, but it doesn't mean anything. So I thought he literally brought me up there to sort of teach me some sort of lesson. And when the whole first part of the interview with him was me trying to, you know, go beat for beat from my memory of this thing with him. Oh. <laughs> and when I told him that line, he looked at me and goes, I was trying to help you. <laughs> like how, do, how does that help? Well, he's, he's basically, he's, it's not show business. You know, like you're not, you, you know, it's not, you're not going anywhere in, in that, in that thing. You know, like, like it was, like, I thought he was just trying to like you stupid, but he wasn't really. And according to him, you know, in retrospect, I'm sure he wasn't festering on it his whole life, but. Oh my God. It was pretty, uh, it was pretty great to meet him. And yeah. Because like you, when you realize he's just this, he's okay, he's rich and he's powerful and he's a show business mogul, but he's still a guy that goes to work every day. He's been walking that hallway for 40 years almost. Right. It's incredible. But so you got in this window. Who was in charge? A uh, gentleman by the name of Dick Ebersol. Right. The head of NBC at the time, right? Or something like that? Uh, or he went on to become that or he was... He's a head of NBC Sports for a very long time. Right. After that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what was the experience? You go to New York. It was not so great. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was not so great. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you, how could you know what to even expect? You were complete, I didn't. a complete newbie. You're probably the youngest an, person that ever... I was a nincompoop. Ever, but you were, are you probably the youngest person that ever was on there? Oh, you were twenty-one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that I don't. I don't think I was the young. Uh, now I'm not the youngest. I think they got somebody. Younger. But whatever, it doesn't matter. I was obviously quite young. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like, uh, you know, I had stars in my eyes, and yeah. I thought it was going to be like an ensemble. We all be working together and finding funny things to do, and yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, it would be, be that. Fun. Kind of, it would yeah. be that. It would be right. Like Veep, to yeah, be honest, yeah, right? Or like Seinfeld to a certain extent. Or, I mean, you know, it or was like just, a sketch show too. Yeah, like it was it just, just everybody. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. You're here to support. You know, yeah, was, yeah. And that, it was not that at all. And um, in addition to that, you know, I didn't come particularly prepared. I was not a stand-up. Right. I'm not. I'm. I don't. Didn't have a bag of characters right. that I could draw upon. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Maybe like I had two. Right. And. You know, I was an actress. Yeah. And I don't mean the people who are on the show aren't actors and actresses, but I guess I was just, this was, I didn't have the right mindset and I was ill prepared for this moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And highly misogynistic workplace. Yeah. And everybody's completely fucked up on drugs out of their minds. Okay. (laughs) So it's all of that. And that's what was going on. It was a very dog eat dog, and it was just who was, it was who brutal. were who was on that seat? Who were, when you got there? Who what was the cast? Piscopo and Eddie Murphy yeah. and uh, Tim Kazarinsky and Mary Gross and uh, Mary Robin Gross Duke. wasn't fucked up on drugs. Was she? No, 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 no. She wasn't. <laughs> yeah, she right. was not. Right. But um, it was it was a bit of a mess. But I just certainly learned a lot. And and then the third year, I was. Uh, hung on for three years and the third year I was there Larry David was there and so that's how I met Larry for the very first time he was there time. as a writer or yes. as a performer as a writer yeah wow yeah. who else was writing I mean are there any people that you still have relationships with professionally that were there during that time other than Larry professionally no I would say uh, uh, Andy Breckman is somebody that I'm slight I saw him recently in New yeah. York but we don't it's not like we communicate all the time but, right right you know. and uh and then I've subsequently gotten to know other writers who have worked there. You know, it's funny sure. that place does have a kind of a. It's almost like a, yeah, it's like a, a alumni college, yeah, college kind yeah. of. 
feeling to yeah. it. So once you've been on it, even if you sucked, which I did, by the way, I think there's a sort of built-in. Uh, you're so alive and you know and cute and funny. Yeah. Anyway, take my word for it. I was not. It really was but, not. Have you looked at yourself on that show recently? I can't watch it. I don't watch it. I really, it's it's a nightmare. But you're still pretty filled with excitement and very funny. Yeah, okay, well, thank you very much. And your Trump. teeth, big teeth, were good. <laughs> big teeth. <laughs> I never told that story to anybody. I don't know what made me think of it. It's but anyway, the best it's story I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a window in to the comic mind. Yeah, I suppose, or something. So all right, so it was horrible. So and it was it, very horrible, and did you get did you get axed or you left or did Lauren come back at that point or uh, what happened? I uh, after that my third year, so whatever that eighty five, uh, Dick left. Yeah, and I, I mean, they completely overhauled everything. Right, and I, I didn't even. I, I'm sure if I'd said, oh, please, can I stay? They would have said, no, you're fired. But I didn't wait around for that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just a year-by-year year contractual thing, or at least it was back then. So there you are in New York. You didn't finish college. You're you're an actress. You've done this, this thing. Se- seminal show. But did you get, re- you know, were you recognized? In, you know, I mean, did you? Not really. I mean, I was, I was, you know, I got a lot of experience, which is fantastic. But as a, as a, I was trying to find work. So, so then you, I was I was in New York looking for work as an as an actor. Was it like so? Was it at all a crash course in show business in terms of you yes. saw that? Because it sounds to me what outside of being misogynistic and drug addled, that there it was mostly opportunists who were trying to you know get in front of the camera, get enough traction to get bigger. And I mean, it seemed that that's what happened to a lot of those people. Yeah, one or the I, other. yeah, that's right. I learned an enormous amount. Was amount. it heartbreaking? Yes, it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. But it was ultimately, at the end of the day, incredibly, um, it was monster education. I mean, it was just like, you couldn't have paid enough to get that degree. Because that was, I mean, at the very least, I learned how to do live television. Right. That is... uh, Daunting. Sure, and it's it's not even that necessary a skill necessarily. No, it's but, not necessary but at it's all. Amazingly, but it's uh, amazing to be able to, yeah. to do it and not be afraid or you know to can handle it to, to handle it. Wow. Right. So, and I watched all sorts of. I I learned a lot during this time. I really did. Probably some things I can't even express what they are. But well, I learned, and I learned what I didn't want to do, which was. Uh, become a monster become unhappy i didn't want to be unhappy anymore in the, i mean it was an unhappy time and i made a mental note that if i was going to keep doing this i had to find a way to ha- make it be a fun job yeah and and then i did and and by the way i did ever since then wow well that's amazing that you knew you wanted to be happy <laughs> well i think it just didn't feel right. Yeah. No, but like, because like so many comics, like I guess maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Like, like I don't think of Larry David at, at any point going like, I just need to make myself happy. No, that's not his thing. <laughs> but I guess, you know, I wanted to have fun. Right. I well, mean, no, what the fuck what, else am I doing this for? In, in life, period. Like, in life, period. But yeah, and, and probably I should apply that more to my life, period. But specifically to working. That's why you wanted to be an actress. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and when that's why I was trying to get out of class so I could go rehearse the show. So much more fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than sitting there and you know, yeah, learning, reading fucking you know, ode on a Grecian urn or whatever the hell it's called. (laughs) Yeah, 
Did that that seem to that one stuck as the that as stuck. the as the example of like this is not what I want to do. Truth is beauty, beauty is truth. That's yeah. what it says at the end. Okay, or something. That, that like was that. enough. That's all I, I need. You to get, it. I get, I get it. it. <laughs> I get it. All right, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, we got tech rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So when you were there, though, it must have been exciting to work with some of the hosts. Totally, CV Wonder came through, McGovern. Yeah, George McGovern, George really. George McGovern. Yeah, that was, was so cool. What was he doing then? He wasn't running. There was no. He was trying to yeah. to to identify his brand. I don't know what he was doing. Huh. He I, just showed up, huh? He hosted. I wonder what he was doing then. I don't know. Someone's going to know. So Stevie Wonder, George Tina McGovern, Turner. Tina Turner. So you liked watching the musical guests, like some were, of them, yeah, but. St- was Stevie the host host? I feel like Stevie I think he was, was the host host. I think you're right. I think Jerry Lewis. Ooh, how was that? Crazy. Yeah. But you were sort of like, oh my God, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> but Stevie, I remember as being, un- the, he st- stood out to me as being one of the g- greatest guys ever. Yeah. Well, him and McCovern, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Well, actually, speaking of happiness, mm-hmm. they both had it. Yeah. Peace of mind. Peace of mind and a kind of earnest authenticity that I really dug. Right. Yeah. Not desperate and weird and over Yeah, I mean, I, we all have our shit, but sure. they, but, you know, I felt as if there was an innate kindness in both of them that I just loved. And then, and then beyond that, a lot of something there to back it up. Right, right. You like know? their lives meant something. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Completely. And they were doing great things with themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, how do you make the transition? Do you, do you so you're back in New York? You stay in New York at that time? Did you, did you have a place there? Yeah, and you just I, stayed in your apartment. Yeah, I had a place there. God, I wish I'd hung on to that. Right. Ugh. Uh, where was it? On the Upper West Side, 85th and West End. Like a like a one bedroom or two a ba- bedroom? A two bedroom. Like two you were bedroom, just, two bath, and you're just renting it for like three hundred a month or something. Two hundred. Yeah, a month. I can't like, even remember. Can you imagine? I, I mean, know. that thing's got to be worth millions now. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was living there, and then um, for about a year, and then I went, and I was not getting any work in so, New York. Right. And so I went to L.A. for so-called pilot season. Right. And lived at the Oakwood Apartments on oh, Bar. Oh yeah. On Barham. Right, where everybody lives when that happens. And so, and I, and I got a pilot. Uh, but then it didn't get picked up. But I so I made that money. So that was great. What was it? It was called The Art of Being Nick. It was a spinoff from Family Ties, mm-hmm. but it didn't get picked but up. But at least you knew you had the goods. Yeah, that you was got the, cast. That, I easy. got cast. Yeah, yes, yeah, so that was good to get that job. So you're out here in Oakwood Apartments, your sad furnished apartment with the pool and weirdos. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, I lived there with Mary Gross. What's she doing? Um. She's living in in Santa Monica. Okay, and doing her thing. Okay, she's great. I, yeah, I always liked her. She's wonderful. And so then eventually, and then we and then it became quite. I think I came back to New York. Couldn't get. I couldn't get more work. It was just I could not get work. Were you working otherwise? Did you do other shit? Did you do other jobs? Or were you just all no. show business? I was all showbiz. Yeah, I'd save my money. Yeah. Yeah. From, from SNL and stuff. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm 21 years old, and you're making. Yeah. Stash I mean, just it. stash it. What am I going to spend it on? And how were your parents reacting to your life choices? Uh, I never asked them. Hmm. I just, they seemed to be supportive. I were think they, they were kind and- of, a, I think they were a little bit shocked 
They must have been, right? Well, I, I imagine when you when you drop out of school to do a TV show, there was uh, excitement mixed with fear. Probably, but I never asked them about any of it. Did, I didn't or, even tell them. I didn't say, do you think I should do this? I was like, I'm doing this. Right. Uh, and I'm, I'm going actually next week. I'm moving to New York. Well, did they have any control over you anyways? Or were you just sort of like... No. <laughs> None. So, I mean, I was doing that, right. you know? Right. It's wild. Yeah. Now that I have a, now that I'm a parent of a child that age, you know, it's pretty yeah. bizarre. You, do you think like, you know, uh, what, do you think back at what a nightmare you must have been? Or, or do you, are you not, do you not see that? I don't, I don't or, think I was a nightmare. Right. You were a I, good kid? I was relatively good. Right. I mean, I was a little bit badly behaved, but they didn't know about that. Right. You know. Yeah. But um, but I was a good, I actually was a good kid. Right. You seem like it. You don't seem yeah. like you uh, destroyed yourself in any way. And no, Put I didn't. yourself back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just decided on show business. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Now, Which were I'm you sure. dating Brad all the way through this time? From- uh, I was dating him from, you know, my junior of college on. Yeah. And that was the guy. That was the guy, yeah. And when did you get married? Uh, 87. Oh, so yeah, so it's been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> wow, right? Congratulations. Thanks a million. You did it. You did it. Then I moved to California and I did a series here for um, two years. Which one? It was called Day by Day. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, it's fine. Was it good? Uh, no, I don't think so. 1988. And so anyway- but like you're working, so that must have been great though. Like, that was you- great. And it was all at NBC. So that was all good. Because then I was sort of starting to sort of, they knew me at NBC. Yeah. Okay. You were a funny chick. Yeah, funny-ish. Okay. But I was, but I actually was funny in this show. Yeah. Uh, and it's probably because I was better suited to play a part as opposed to three, try to come up with a bunch of different characters. Right, right. And then I got actually, you know what? Mm. I got an overall deal. I got an overall deal. Imagine at NBC? that. No, at Warner Brothers. Yeah. Television. Okay. And so I developed a script there and that and this is right after Day by Day and it was a script for me to star in. Then the script came in and and they paid me money, Warner Brothers, to do this. The script came in and it I was not what I had envisioned and it didn't seem fixable to me. Right. And so I said I don't want to do it. I can't do it. And th- and I had a window. There was legally there was a window in which I could pull out of this thing. Yeah. And then about three days later, or even maybe not, maybe like two days later, these four Seinfeld Chronicles scripts come to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. From and from Larry and I read them. And he I, sent them to you. Larry did. He remembered you and you guys. Were you yes. maintaining a friendship or no? Just, okay. But he just sent it. Right. And so he sent them to me and. In two of the four scripts, I didn't really. My character didn't really have very much to do. Right. And the other two more so. Yeah. But this was definitely a supporting role, and the other show was like a starring role. Right. Right. But I thought, oh, this writing is so great. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was able to recognize. It was it all was Larry. I, I mean, I don't know what the writing credit is on that. Actually, it's mm-hmm. a good question. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, it's definitely. Maybe Larry and Jerry. Larry and Jerry yeah. together. Definitely, but certainly Larry's voice is in, present as, yeah. as as a writer for whom I had known third year at SNL, and it was the same kind of tone. Did you guys have a relationship at SNL? Yes, I mean, you, yes, you, we're friends there. Yeah, 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 yeah. We bonded over unhappiness. Oh, in yeah, fact. <laughs> really, truly, and so um, and so I read this. Oh my God, this sounds really good. And so anyway, I got this 
I went in. I hung out with Jer, blah, 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 blah. And that happened. But let me tell you something, what happened. Warner Brothers threatened to sue me because they thought I had done something illegal or unethical. By just meeting with them? No, they were suspicious of the fact that I pulled out of my deal with them and then so quickly on the heels of that became involved with this gig. And I was terrified. You know, this was just, you know, I was like nothing i was not i was just a little person yeah yeah and this was a huge studio and they were threatening and they said they wanted their money back and uh and it was a lot of money i mean it was a lot it was seven i'm gonna tell you right now 75 grand yeah that's a lot of money and particularly back then it was huge yeah and i but and i thought well but i didn't do anything wrong i didn't do any i didn't break our contract i and i got advice from uh, one of my attorneys who said, you got to just give it back. I'm like, but if I do that, doesn't imply that I've done something. Right. Where's your sense of, you got a sense of justice. Yeah, you? because I didn't do anything right. wrong, right? Yeah. And I called Gary David Goldberg, who's a creator of Family Ties in yeah. Spin City, and he, he's subsequently passed away, but he was a mentor of mine and a very good friend. And I told him this. You knew him from day by day? I or, did. Yeah. Actually, I knew him from before that because I'd done this spinoff of Family Ties. Oh, right, right, right. And I told him that Warner Brothers was threatening to sue, and what should I do? And I was so scared, and, and I'm being told by lawyers to give the money back. And and he said, you know what? I don't respond well to bullying. Keep the money. <laughs> and so I took his advice, right. and I never heard from Warner Brothers. <laughs> Nothing. Is that wild? It's, that it's, was so scary. It's touching in a way. It's touching because I love Gary Goldberg. Yeah, he was Such great. Such a good man. Oh, my God. If you had met him, he would have died. He so that's all they, because they obviously didn't have any legal grounds. They had no legal grounds. And they were just being dicks. They were being dicks. And I called their bluff. What a great thing. Yeah, it was a great thing, actually. It was a good lesson. Uh-huh. You know, I don't respond to bullying. Yeah. That's what he but it's saying. hard to know that's what's happening when when I didn't he, even think of it as such. And also, when you're looking for an opportunity, you want your career. You just start at the beginning of your career, kind of, and you want to work. And they're just totally. They're just trying to teach you a lesson and crush your spirit for what? To yeah. so what? You're going to go back. They you you were out of the deal, and they they didn't even have you. They wanted you back, or they just wanted to teach you a lesson. Who knows? That's great. Good I, for you. Ironically, I went back and worked for them years later. Isn't that so funny? In years what? And years. In Christine. In, oh, that was that Warner, was Warner Bro- Brothers television. Same, not the same crew. No, not the they, same regime. They were gone. Those executives. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so there you are. You're, you're looking at these first four Seinfeld scripts in this uh, smallish part, but you love Larry and you like Jerry. Yes, and I didn't know stand-up and people in stand-up and I got together and met with these guys and <laughs> yeah. uh, I sort of recognized Jerry and yeah. I remember he was actually eating cereal and we read the scene together and it <laughs> It felt good, and it you, felt very um, alternative, yeah, as you say, like a new thing. Well, yes, yeah, because it was like guys that were sort of my ageish, and they think this is funny, and it was not like your standard networky situation under any circumstances. Yeah, it wasn't joke to joke, shallow characters necessarily. It was interesting. It wasn't, yeah, set up punchline, right. set yeah, up punch. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a little different, and it was exciting. Well, 
Yeah, it was fun, and and we made these four episodes. And I remember thinking, oh, they're this show's too smart, and they're too stupid. They being the network to mm-hmm. pick this up, but then they did. I mean, you know, they had made a pilot. I wasn't in it. Then they or they said, add a girl and make. We'll give you a four order. <laughs> And then we made the four, and then they gave us a 13-episode order after that. Right. So it was our third season that we got our first full order. And your character was based on um, Leifer, kind of. Ish. I'm yeah. not sure it really was, but maybe a little and bit. She was, was she on staff at the beginning? No. I don't think Carol was there in the very beginning. Right, right. Was there? Is there like weirdness? Was there weirdness oh, around? Oh God, it? no! Oh good! Oh no, 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 no! Not she's at all. pretty great. Oh yeah, she's great. No, yeah. no, there's no weirdness whatsoever. Oh good! Yeah. So, do you, none of you had any idea that it would change the history of entertainment, though. Obviously, no. Didn't me, know you, that. You, and you didn't think it was even going to last necessarily. And right. it, it did struggle after the first year, right? It struggled for a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, it struggled. Yeah, and we had sort of a crappy time slot. We were being. I'm pretty sure it was. Jake and the Fat Man was beating us, and then Home Improvement. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even remember what Jake and the Fat Man is anymore. I don't either. Is it a sitcom? I, don't know. I think it was a sitcom, or it's like a sort of a wry hour show. Oh, God. I don't really know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's a long time ago. Is it? It is. Doesn't right? it feel like it to you? I don't. I, I, Were you here? No, I was. Uh, I was sweating, and you know, probably you know, in New York somewhere. I wasn't here. I you know, like. And I was I I felt like I missed everything, like I, you know I've watched Seinfeld obviously, but I don't know every episode. I don't either. I it's out of my head. Right? No, come on. I know because like and when you do a show, when you actually are shooting a show, like when you're done shooting, it's like all right enough, you know, <laughs> like yeah. it just goes away kind of, doesn't it? Oh, I have to clear it. I mean, it's like what's that called when you clear in a computer? You oh yeah 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 erase you, uh, the hard drive yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's what I have to do. Right? You do you ha- intentionally do it, or it doesn't just happen? It just happens. Right? It's the weirdest thing. Like I just got done shooting season four of, of the little show that I do, and I'm like, did that even happen? Like, because yeah. the work is so intense. It's like you're talking about with Veep. Like, you're exhausted. And then you go into, like, a post-traumatic stress almost. And then you do all the press for it. And then, like, by the time it's on, you're like, I can't fucking watch it. Yeah. Let me know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> but you watch it, don't you? I mean... Eventually. Do you edit your show yes. and stuff? Yeah. So you see it in all those different manifestations. And you see yeah. the director's cut. And you're like, oh, we're in trouble. Right. And then you're like, Just wait, wait, wait. We are going to edit yeah. it. And you're like, oh, that's a little better. Oh, I know. <laughs> All right, so wait. After Seinfeld, was there panic? Like, like career-wise, like because, like, because one of the amazing things oh, is, that I, I stated at the beginning is that you have, uh, you've, you've had a beautiful show business career, and you've brought, uh, you know, humor and and your skill set to everything you do, and you weren't really burdened, seemingly to me, one way or somehow or another. Like by the time you did uh, New Adventures of Old Christine. I, I didn't watch it and go like, nah, it's not Seinfeld or that's the girl from Seinfeld or any of that shit. Right. I mean, you're your own thing. But I've always felt that about you. I don't know if you think that about you. I don't know if I don't know how I think about that. Knowing how TV worked and knowing what you'd been through, and even though you had done all right for yourself and stashed some cash, were you uh, concerned about your career? No, I no. wasn't. Because I also had I had two babies during this time. Yeah. When I was on Seinfeld, so I was. You know those fish who can who, who whose eyes operate independently. Yeah, I was that. Right. I had one eye over there, and my other eye was there. Kids, show business. Right. And then Seinfeld ended, and both eyes went 
over into one kids. direction. Yeah, which was good. Which was great. How and old I, were they when they when the show ended? Five and yeah. one. Oh, okay. Just so you were able to focus. Yeah, and it was because it was very um, challenging uh, to. Do you have kids? No. Challenging to balance the sure having those boys and going to work. And you did? Did you not necessarily want to be one of those people that just hired somebody to <laughs> manage your children forever? No, that's not in my makeup. But yeah. I mean, but by the way, yeah. I don't disparage people who do that. And I also have a woman still who I work with to this day who is on board who helped us in our house. Who was sure, the most kind and giving person but you wanted to have a relationship with I wanted I wasn't I was having children <laughs> not just to like have them and right. look at them from afar <laughs> right to like to engage with them right so did you grow up with that grow up with what engaged parents yes I did that's nice yes very yeah. engaged so I had an, an another focus right and so so show business was secondary in a way yeah. I mean, it was it was very, I don't mean to say it's not important to me, but it was definitely not the most important. Right. And when did, um, so now do you find that, because you did other stuff. I, I, I did. I did. I did a series for NBC a couple years later called Watching Ellie, which was really good and got canceled after two seasons, which was heartbreaking. But I think it was, but it was a, it was a foray into my new sort of kind of life as a producer and and being in a show and producing it and getting into you know is that, that something you, you were guided into or you decided to do no i just it just felt correct you, know? you knew you could do that you had enough juice and you had yeah 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 yeah, yeah totally and, and you enjoyed it producing i do yeah. yeah yeah i can't imagine not doing it right yeah that you anything you do now you have to have that position i think so yeah so you have some control and I have some control and I I bring I I bring experience that is useful to yeah. the, to the ha- product. Have you thought about producing other shit? Yes. I'm I'm uh, developing a couple of things right now. Yeah? Yeah. I'm developing a, a, a limited series at HBO about uh based on a book written by Helen Thorpe called Soldier Girls which is about three generations of women from Indiana who uh were in the National Guard and then got deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq. Wow. And then... That's documentary or fictionalized? It's It will be fictionalized. Uh-huh. And then um, and then the other thing is that I'm developing at Fox Searchlight this movie called Force Majeure. It's a film that came out a couple years ago, Swedish film. Oh, okay. Um, um, and so we're developing that over there. So those are my two projects right now. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. We'll For, see. Uh, what are you eating, Tums? No, nicotine lozenges. Oh, how long have you not smoked? Over a decade. How often do you eat those? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> you and Matt Walsh. Does he do it too? Yeah, except he's trying to get off of it. Uh, so is he on the gum or the lozenges? He was on the gum. Then he tried to get off of it. And last, when we were last working together very recently, he was into lollipops. I don't know where he stands today, but yeah. he's just he's got a bag of lollipops. It's a tough one to kick, oh. the nicotine. Yeah. It feels good. Well, so then don't kick it. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. It's been 10 years on these dumb things. That were, oh, is it bad for you, do you think? I Probably somehow, but not as bad as smoking. And I don't think it's that bad. So who cares? Exactly. All right, so good. We're almost uh, like- <laughs> Almost through this bullshit. No, no, it's not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm being just a little, I'm projecting that you want to be done with it. No, 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 no. It's fine. Did a lot of voiceover work. You work with, you did Arrested Development, a few episodes of that. That's yeah, fun, right? that was really fun. Is that where you met- um, 
uh, Tony? Tony? Well, here's the thing. Both of us have no memory of meeting each other. And in fact, we were asked in an interview once, did we ever work together? And we said, well, we were on the same show, but we never worked together. And then, like, two years later, somebody sends a still, and we actually had a scene together, and neither of us remembered. So, <laughs> talk about erasing a hard drive. He's a very unique comic thing. Oh, I'll say. He's somebody you should have in here. Yeah, I'd like to. Yeah, you should. Is he a good talker? Yeah. Totally. He's really interesting. And he's a very nice man. He seems interesting. Yeah. What you like when you work with somebody like that cuz he seems very in it at all times and very like is like I don't know what how what's his uh, acting style? I mean, how does he uh, prepare? What is it about him? I mean, I I know it's a I don't big know. question. I don't know. I don't know how but to you answer. do you do so many scenes with him and he's so specifically, you know, like your shadow and you know, I, I think we feel very much um uh like dance partners. Oh yeah? Yeah. Very in sync with one another. Was that right away or did that evolve? Almost right away. I could tell right away that was gonna work. Uh huh. I knew it. Yeah. It's a great character, that guy. Incredible, right? <laughs> yes. Somebody a a friend of mine who was an actor likened it to a, a vine that's growing on a uh huh. Right. A, a trellis. <laughs> the the relationship? Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. Now, and you did that sketch for Amy's show, Schumer, and, yeah. you, and you're supportive of young, funny ladies, do you oh, find, yes. in general? I, uh, do I find if I'm supportive? Yes, I am supportive. I love funny ladies. Right? There needs to be more. Yeah, I love funny women. Who, uh, like, outside, have you seen Maria Bamford? Do you know her? No. You should know her. Oh, okay. Yeah. What yeah, is, she, she, is she an actress or a stand-up? She's a stand-up, but she's, a, like, a unique kind of savant-like stand-up. She just did a show of her own with Mitchell Hurwitz. Who, that, uh, oh, excuse me. I know who she is. She did the show in, the, in her house for yes, her parents? Yes, 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 I think she's unbelievable. Right? Sorry, I didn't know her name. Yeah, that's her name. I think she's unbelievable. Oh, good, good, yeah. good. And do you, I, I guess, it's sort of a question I always run, uh, I always w wonder about. Like, do you, um, do you socialize with Jerry and Larry? And... Not really. Isn't that Not weird? That, Does yeah. it strike you as odd? How about Jason? No, hmm. not very much. This is the the saddest thing I've learned about show business over the seven hundred episodes, is that like as a fan of things, you you like part of you thinks like oh they hang out. They no. Do you hang out with people I you do work not. with? Not anybody. Not really. Who are your closest friends? At this point, um, long standing, uh, a guy who's a writer up in San Francisco, not a show business guy. Right. The novelist Sam Lipsight is a very good friend of mine. I got a friend, old, old friend of mine who's actually uh, works in politics. He worked for Clinton and Obama. He's like a hardcore political guy, Jim Loftus. Um, my girlfriend's a painter. Oh, uh, neat. Yeah. And, uh, what does he, she do? Oils? Uh, she does, no, she doesn't work in oils. She does big abstracts mm -hmm. in, uh, like she's, yeah, she's a, she's a real deal painter. Like she sells paintings and stuff. I mean, I'm not sure what the bait, it's definitely not oils. She works in, um, water based paints, mm -hmm. big canvases. Oh, that's so cool. I would love to do so, that. Yeah. What, oh, yeah. Do, what, do you I love, I, I mean, no, not professionally. <laughs> My God. But have you painted? Not in any way that I would ever say. What, do you, I what are your hobbies then? Uh, <laughs> I don't have any either. Don't, I don't I, think it, I really. Not a you know, difficult question. I didn't mean it to be. I hike. Is yeah. that a hobby? Sure. Okay, I hike. Do you like listening to music and stuff? Can I tell you something? Oh, what do we have to erase the whole thing? No, no. Oh. <laughs> the 
the thing about music that I am so irritated with, yeah. and you're probably, you've got all these contraptions I, no, everywhere. Sorry. You know, I really miss putting a thing in and then just listening to it. Yeah. Now I've got to go find Spotify or yeah. this or right. f- fuck turd that. I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah. And then I've got to figure out how to turn it on in the house. I am. Uh, I actually have to change my life in this area because yeah. I don't listen to enough music. I just bought a record player. I'm playing records. Right. Whatever yeah. happened to that? It's back. You I know can... it's back, but it's back in a retro way. I guess. I mean, or is it really back? You can buy records. No, I know you can, but I mean, in other words, are people now really back to listening to records? A lot of people are. I mean, I know it seems like a fashion, but it actually does sound funny. It sounds really good, records, and there's also the ritual of it that we grew up with. There's still the act of playing records. I mean, whether you, you, one thing that could happen, if you went and bought a record player, you know, within a week, I'm just judging you know, from what I know of you, yeah. you could get to a point where it's like, what the fuck am I, what am I doing with records? Yeah, I could see that happening. <laughs> I could. <laughs> what was I thinking? Was like, <laughs> yes. Just show me how to do Spotify. Cause I can... Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now I'll learn Spotify. <laughs> exactly. Like... <laughs> but you know, you can load up your iPod, right? Or your phone? Or your I kids. Tell you then... something. I know, but they're. I'm so proud of myself that I got your goddamn podcast on my thing. Yeah. I have this thing called my podcasts, uh-huh. which right. is like TiVo for podcasts. Right. Yeah. It's fantastic. Oh, good. You know what the problem you're talking about is? No. Getting old. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma doesn't know how to work her thing. Someone show her how to work her phone. Just, I know it is probably getting old, <laughs> but I'm also, ir- and, and also there's irritation that goes along with it, which is also getting old. I, I have guess. no patience, but I never have. Like if I can't do it pretty quickly, it's, not, it's probably not going to get done. Okay. You? Well, not like comedy or that kind of stuff, but things like, you know, like I have to, I have to learn how to use this new recorder and it's like, it's a nightmare. Like it's a nightmare. Oh. Like I don't even, I barely know how to do what I'm doing to record this. I all, I all I know how to do with what I'm doing is how to record us. Well, actually that's great. That's a feather in your cap. Yeah. I mean, you knew how to do this with the channel to turn you down in my ears and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I can figure shit out. I, you know, I'm a smart guy, but I don't have patience. Yeah, I don't either. I don't have any patience for that kind of crap. It just, I find it mind-numbingly dull. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's dull, but it's also frustrating because part of you thinks like, well, I, any I should be able to do this. You know how you learn how to do shit? When you have to. That's when you learn. Right. You can't just decide, like, I'm going to spend the day and maybe learn how to do this. You can't learn how to do something Until you're, like, ba- you're backed up against the wall. Right, and you have to call somebody. Could you just fucking come over here and show me how yes. to do what I need to do? Yeah. And then they show you and you know. Or you have to figure it out for yourself and you're up against the wall. That also... Right, but that's harder with technological stuff. Right. And then if you have a certain amount of money, you just hire a guy to... <laughs> right, and they rip you off and it doesn't work. Right, but you at least have Spotify on your thing. So what happens now? We, now it's all everything's in the can. The show's starting, and uh, you're gonna do press. Yeah, and then like w- this, this is considered press now. Yeah, mm-hmm. why do you say that? And like, a, like, can you believe it? It's a podcast. I Podcasts know, are press. I know, but it's good. Yeah, it's great. It's not. That's why I'm here. How far did you have to travel? Where, what area do you live in? I live on the west side. It was a bit of oh my. But God. actually, I came from. Universal. Universal. So that was easy. So it wasn't that bad. And going home is not going to be bad. It's only 125. It's fine. I'm not complaining. Do you exercise? Yes, a lot. Yeah. Oh, so Do you? I have been a bit working out a bit and sometimes I run. Oh, really? I run too. Yeah, you're a runner. Yeah, a little so bit. I outside, used to run inside? more. Both. Yeah? yeah? I like outside. 
Outside's nice. Yeah. I like hiking. This is my the thing that I really adore, yeah. actually. So I think we're good. Do you feel good about it? Sure. Do you? I do. Good. I like the, I, I like the show. I like you. I think we covered think a lot of things. You're great. I just don't like I I want to I want to make sure that we didn't leave some amazing story unturned. Oh, I, I'm sure we did, but th- then I'll come back. Yeah, you I will. Guess so sure, why not? I like coming here. It's nice to talk to you. This is unusual. Oh yeah, well, this is one other thing. This is um uh, like you know I didn't know who you were, and there's this like this lineage that you have that tracks back to uh, like uh, French Jews. Yeah which I found was very exciting. So I made this assumption about you, not knowing you at all, that you were part of this amazing old aristocratic Jewish family and that's the way you lived. And you spoke French. I had made all these assumptions about you. No, I don't speak French, yeah. <laughs> I, um, uh, I do have a French background and it's, it's true, my family. My, in fact, my grandfather, who was a fairly mean guy, but whatever, he, he died at the age of 103. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago. Oh, really? Rest in peace. Yes, and he was—he funded the Free French Air Fleet in World War II and worked for the Resistance. And he was a Balter at Gunner and all that. Kind right. Of this stuff. Is, Dreyfus is a famous French Jewish family. Right. Like they did good things, and they were like, uh, no. Well, I don't know how good. Well, maybe. It's well, just that a, was a good thing. What he did was a good thing during World War II. Right. God knows. Right. That was a cool thing that he did. And it did like is that uh, is there elements of your family that still operate in that business or like whatever that business was, whatever? Um I wonder if anybody's um yes, distant relatives. Yeah. Distant, distant. Yeah, in in France, yeah. Really? Yeah. And you never track them down to find uh you know that, I don't see a lot of that side of my family to yeah. tell you the truth. Yeah. There we we're sort of um estranged. I don't know if it's estranged as it's just we just sort of are not in touch. Your father's side. Correct. My right. dad sort of has, I think, made an effort to kind of um, separate separate out. Yeah. Do you know why? That's a lot of, yes, but that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have a relationship with him? With my dad? Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. I'm oh. very close to my dad, yeah. And your stepdad too? Yes. That's, well, that's nice. You got two yeah. dads. I got two dads, yeah. Yeah. That's and and to... they both walked me down the aisle when I got married. They did. Yeah, it's nice. Do you are you do you, are you Jewy? No, Mm-mm. I'm not. Are you? I think culturally, yeah. I mean, I you know, I, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm okay with it. I didn't ask if you were ashamed. Well, you just it's just you hit a button. I I don't do as much as I should. My brother got kind of Jewy, and it wanes in and out. And I was brought up conservative Jew. I, oh. I don't go on holidays. I don't fast on Yom Kippur. But uh, but I talk a lot about Jews, mm-hmm. and like I identify with Jews, right? Don't you? Yes, I mean I do and I don't. I was not raised Jewish. No, anyway, no. Uh, my mother's not Jewish. Okay. And my father's only half Jewish. Oh, really? Yes. His mother was Catholic, and his father was Jewish. Huh. And uh, but so it wasn't laid on you. It wasn't laid on me, but in a way, it could might as well have been because people just assume it. You know? Right. I sort of look as if I'm Jewish and I have a Jewish last name and right. you know, stuff like that. But so, and all... also from, you know, uh, uh, there's an aspect of it. I think I've sort of, I, I am. Well, yeah, you're on Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, I was on Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's more Jewy than most people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By osmosis. That's exactly right. All right. Thanks for talking. Thank you so much. This is really fun.
I love her. That was a perfect guest for part one of our 700th episode. She's I, she's amazing. I hope you enjoyed that. And now I'm, I'm excited to, to tell you that uh, you should now go, if you haven't already, and download part two of our 700th episode, which is my conversation with Louis C.K. about where Horace and Pete came from. It, it was pretty focused, but it was pretty intense, and Louis was excited to talk about it. Uh, always go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs and know that it's uh, powered by Squarespace. Beautiful. Go there. Sign up for the newsletter. Check out the merch. Do uh, get the howl. Do whatever you do. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you in a minute on part two of our 700th episode with Louis C.K.